Welcome to the Four Goats in a Mic podcast. I'm Ari, and with me I have Bees, Tara, Jazz. Do you want to say hi? What's up, everybody? Hey, everybody. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Can y'all pretend like you're excited to be here or what? I am okay. excited to be here. I can't blow into the mic, remember? <laughs> I was just about to say, I was smoking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be respectful. All right, so today we had some good questions from, am I saying this right? Is it Doe Dubes or D-O-E Dubes? Because it's capitalized, the D-O-E. I thought it was <laughs> Dubes. Maybe it's Doe. I don't know. Dude, yeah, I've, always, I've always thought of it as Doe. Like oh, Doe yeah. and Doobies, like Dubes. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably listening like these dumb bitches. <laughs> <laughs> It's Dior. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. There's only two of us smoking, too. This is sad. All right. So um, where do y'all want to start? Do you want me just to pick one? Yeah, go ahead. All right. I like like, uh, how slash ideas to bring more women into the wealth building world. Ooh. I would say get more women talking about ownership because like even when you're talking to like young women they'll say things like yeah i want to own my own business and so, blah, 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 but they don't really take it that much further than that and then you have some young women that actually do get and start owning their own business but i think talking about it at a young age will get more young women into ownership and not just like owning your own business but like actually investing and investing in companies and investing in other things that makes makes them more money. I definitely think that would be a, a, a big factor in that. Yeah, so, so I think that something that will help is like women not being afraid of making a lot of money. Because I know mm-hmm. just something that I realized, like some women, um, I think statistically women are known to not negotiate when it comes to getting jobs. So like, women are automatically, they don't, they don't think that they, I don't know if women should feel like they don't think they should make as much money, but you know, women just need to get comfortable with making a lot of money. You might make more than your partner and then you just have to be okay with that. And you just have to own it. You know, you know, just because you make more money doesn't make you less of a woman or anything like that. You just have to own, you know, the position that you have. So in the position that you're in. Yeah, I think they have to know that they, that it doesn't make their spouse any less of, whether it's a man or a woman or less of a person, if they right. make less money than them. Because I think a lot of women struggle with that. They're like, oh, well, I'm with this person and I make a lot significantly more money than them. And See, they feel some kind of way about that. That's a problem for me, for sure. One thousand percent, like, I can't date somebody who makes a lot less money than I do and well I'll say this way a lot less money than I do a a little bit less is okay right as long as that (laughs) listen (laughs) not keeping it real she's not keeping it real let me talk (laughs) don't let me pull up the tweets come on Ari (laughs) let me talk But, you know, the bigger factor for me is, like, the level of ambition and work ethic, right? You can make me, but, like, if ambition and work ethic aren't there, it's probably going to be the same issue, right? Because I'm probably never going to be cool just, like, 
chilling and doing nothing and not striving for greater and more majority of the time, right? Like even on vacation, I'm thinking of like ideas and shit and businesses or opportunities or collaborations and stuff. So, but when like you make less than me and like, I want to, I have the things that I like to do within my own lifestyle, right? So when you do less than me and I feel like you can't do those things unless I'm constantly paying for you to go do those things with me, that's not going to fly. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not with that at all. (laughs) Yeah. I have that issue too. Like, you know, I'm okay with people making less than me. I'm okay with my partner making less. That's fine. But it's just like, if it's to the point where it's like, dang, I got to literally do everything. Mm-hmm. then that's the that's the issue like if you don't ever reciprocate at all and it doesn't have to be like on the same level it's just like just pure reciprocation that I have an mm-hmm. issue with that mm-hmm. yeah. like we're not swiping my card every time we go out nope. <laughs> all right do you think do you think once you hit like a certain level like let's say you making 15 m's a year and your spouse makes like three M's a year. Do you think at a, at a certain point it won't matter anymore as long as they still keep up and they're swiping their card and still doing things for you? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. Point at that point. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I think Ari says it's hard to say because I guess it kind of just depends on... I don't have a crazy lifestyle, so I hope that at 15, yeah. I'm not like uh-huh. wilding out either. Like, I would... Ideally, like, I want a partner who's, like, better with money and more frugal uh-huh. than I am. Because I'm cheap, but, what, like, I like what I like also, right? <laughs> so, if so it's somebody that, I tell like you it. no. <laughs> yeah, like, on, uh, I, I'm pretty old school also, like, when it comes to, like, relationships and relationship dynamics. So, like, I have no problem keeping my, like, spending money for the month and then telling, like, my husband, right? Not a boyfriend or anything like that. Like, a husband. We're, like, together. Like, hey take this and save it for me. Go put that away for me so I can't touch it. I can't access it. Like that would be ideal for me because then I don't have to worry about it. I need what I need and I can check and make sure it's there if I need to. But like the more disciplined person can go and put it away. You know, I'm like, hey, don't let me, <laughs> don't let me touch it. <laughs> Keep it, take it. So, That's what you think. Yeah, because I can, oh, go ahead. As far no, I as I thought she tried to talk earlier. Yeah, no, as far as everything. I thought she tried to talk earlier. Oh, well, I guess, what was the first question? Like, uh, how do I feel about bringing women in or something like that? Or Ideas for, like, how to uh, bring more women into, like, the wealth building conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, like B said, that was a good point. Like, you just have to be okay with you know, making a lot of money or, or even wanting more for yourself. But I think more so like power can be like compounded, right? We all met on the internet. Like we, we met on the internet and we were able to create other lanes, create other ways to make money, um, meet other people that could help us develop ways to make money. And that was like a compound effect of are just us just all coming together so I think especially for women and, <clears throat> and like black women I think bringing them into the conversation starts with like I guess us kind of like trying to work a little bit together more whether even if we're not in the same lane but still having that that network or that that person that you can you can reach out to for a resource I think it kind of like starts there and I think that opens like up 
the minds and you know ideas of what kind of wealth people can, what they can obtain and and different ways they can get it so i think it kind of just i really think it just starts with like women seeing having that like the visual of like other women who have like wealth that maybe that they don't think exists or don't know how you know there's different ways that people can obtain wealth so i think just having that visibility and that network i think it kind of like starts there I think once this like pandemic stuff is over and stuff, making ourselves like a known presence in like our communities and at schools and stuff. Um, Cause like my, I never knew about like entrepreneurship or owning my own business until I was in like my early twenties. Like it was never, no one ever said like, all right, I'm not figuring it out in college. Why don't you start a business? Right. Like no one ever had that conversation with me. It was never in my field of awareness, you know? I thought it was something guys did pretty much, right? Right. And so it's crazy saying that because like who I am now in my 30s is like completely different than 16, 18, 20-year-old Ari, right? And so my thing is like, well, we need to show up and be present and just bring the awareness to children's people and children's <laughs> children, <laughs> people in their young tw- in their early 20s and stuff. Ooh, that Hendrix hit. Um <laughs> Terrence, <laughs> let me shut up. <laughs> no, but I, I agree. I agree with what you're saying, Ari. So it's like, it's just the exposure. So mm-hmm. we just have to get out there and then just expose, you know, young women and, and young girls that, you know, this is something that you can do. And it's something that you should strive to do if, you know, that's your, if those are your goals. You know, if you want to be wealthy and successful, you can do that as a woman. So you don't have to be a man to be able to own a business, be a man to be able to be a boss. You know, you can mm-hmm. you can order other people to do things. Yeah. But then like to, I know people are going to be like, well, how do I do that? Like people are always like, well, how do I do that? And that's what I mean about like, if there's, if there's a visibility and then having the network, which means you probably have the resources that makes it like a little bit easier. So I really think, in terms of for like I really think just like bringing wealth like to the conversation with women I think that's how Mm -hmm. like everyone was saying it should start there yeah I think it's also you got to show them that they can they can be a part of the ownership conversation that you can show them that like hey like women especially black women are landowners and are business owners and make large investments and you know actually do business on a day-to-day basis it's not just men out there doing it and I guess they need to see women in that space. Cause I think for me, for, for me, a big part of where I am in life is because I saw, I had black women around me that mm-hmm. were doing their thing. So I'm like, okay, well I can do it before I saw them. I wouldn't, didn't really think that I could do half of the shit that I do, you know? So when I saw like my older sister and my aunt and uh, other people in my family, like my grandmother, like owning property and, you know, actually doing deals and making you know, five figure checks for small deals. You're like, wow, they can do it. I can do that too. I can have a property in my name and I can uh, have things going for me and not just be working a job. So I think if young girls see that, then they'll be more apt to getting to it and being a part of that conversation. (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> wow, why me? <laughs> why me? <laughs> you have the questions. What's, what's I the I th- I'm, I'm waiting for anyone else who wants to, you know, add something to it. <laughs> yeah, you're you the moderator. You had a question. I didn't, didn't want to take over right. the conversation. <laughs> Hell no. Bro, this, is our, this is our shit. <laughs> um, so what conversations, if y'all will have kids, intend to have kids, want to have kids, what conversations do y'all intend to have, like, with your children about what's it like college starting a business all that stuff like for me for silas he's gonna learn the family businesses whether he wants to or not right yep. with like from a young age you're gonna be involved you're gonna be in everything like you're gonna see how it goes you're gonna learn how to run the shit and know the numbers and like how to step in you're not required to run them right but you'll know what's going on that's for any of my kids um mm-hmm. And I think my only rule for him, like when he turns 18 is um, you either go to college, you start a business or you go to work or you can travel. You can travel mm-hmm. also. Right. But you're not going to sit at home and like not do shit. Right. And mm-hmm. if you're going to work, you're going to work for the family business. Right. Or in term, cause you're like super passionate about some other shit. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, you're going to, you can be home. You can be rent free, <laughs> saving money. I think that's my other contingency also is, you have to be saving money while you're home, right? But I feel like that'll already be ingrained in him because, like, I, I have him save money now. But, um, like, it's it's non-negotiable for any of my kids. Like, you will understand how the family businesses work. <laughs> and that's that. Definitely. I agree. I think even, like, kids that, like, because I don't, I don't think college is for, is for everybody. Maybe trade school is not for everybody. You know, there's different routes and avenues to being successful in life. But after high school, like my, like my dad is like, you don't got to leave, <laughs> but you right. got to do something. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you got to work a, a job down the street and figure it out, you know, while you work that job or you got to go to college or you got to start an internship. You got to do something. You got to be progressing towards something because you can't just sit around. And I think that's going to be something I'm definitely going to instill in my kids, even when they're young. You know, I feel like um, homeschooling is is probably going to be a, a big thing. And I want to teach them things as a part of their school curriculum and, you know, show them the family business, like Ari said, and kind of have it ingrained in them, you know, that work ethic and that, you know, you have to have skills and you have to always, you know, be doing something because I don't think just letting your kids just sit around and like kind of letting the TV teach them and letting the internet teach them unless you're directing them on the internet. You know, I don't think that's a good, a good idea. My kids are going to be stacker taught. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then, so like my kids, I'm just going to make sure that, you know, whatever they're doing, they're just taking action. I don't care what they're doing, but as mm-hmm. long as they're taking action, I'll make sure that they have a fund to go to college if that's what they want to do. Or, um, you know, give them a little bit of money to start up a business, like literally like a little bit, nothing crazy if they don't already have it, but they should already have enough money to start their own business um, like when they're 18. So, you know, just want to make sure that they have like the keys to success and to be able to pursue whatever it is they want to do. So there's nothing really not boxing them in, not forcing them to go to college, not forcing them to do anything. So, um, yeah, that's how, that's how I do my kids. As you want kids? Oh yeah, I I agree. Like I agree with everything. Um, basically, you all were saying with the work ethic. Um, you know, teaching them about finances. If I have a, a family business, of course, they'll be a part of that. 
But I think um, I really just want to expose my kids to a lot, like whatever I can, as early as I can, I want them to see what they're interested in. And then by the time I'm hoping by the time they're 18, they can, you know, hit the ground running with maybe something that they're, they're passionate about. So I think like my responsibility as a parent is to just let them see their options, let them see what they can do, what the, what they're interested in, what, what the possibilities are. I think that's what I kind of wish I had a little bit more. Like um, as I was growing up, it was, I didn't really, I wasn't able to see that I could do a lot of different things um, at a, a much younger age. So I think for me, it's just, I want to, of course, you know, give them that work ethic instilled in them, um, teach them about money, of course. Um, and then, you know, just, just, just give them the, the opportunity to explore whatever it is that they want to do. Oh, they're going to be dope moms. Next one. <laughs> Using sexism, misogyny, low expectations to your advantage. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I can't answer that. Yeah, that's hard. Using sexism it, it to would my be, advantage? It would, mm-hmm. I would, only thing I could think of is that, like, you know, they have, like, requirements to put, like, women into a certain amount of positions. And that's about like, it. <laughs> I feel like this was maybe like directed at me. <laughs> okay, all right. Have at it. Jazz too. Maybe. Uh, I don't, I don't <laughs> Yeah, like I thought it was a good question, but I don't know. Like I don't know. Take advantage of all these I don't know, quote unquote diversity and inclusion things. I don't know. That's a that's a tough question. <laughs> I guess maybe it is more for Ari. Uh <laughs> I I don't really like like I don't use my uh, looks to really build my audience or anything. I think it helps, but like, and like, I don't care how people choose to make their money and do their thing. Right. Like if you make money from, you know, showing and throwing ass, like, Hey, more power to you. Right. Like, yeah. Take advantage of that. (laughs) Right. You know, it's just like, I just don't like taking like pictures and shit like that for me. Like (laughs) it's awkward. I feel awkward. So, but like, I have no like judgment or anything towards that. Like, it's your bag. So, but I do, I think Hugo once said this, like, um, like attractive women, people tend to listen more to attractive women. And then it like, it adds to what they're saying. And I don't 100% agree with this, but I think like, this is my, this might be where the question's headed. People listen to attractive women and they, they tend to take them a little bit more seriously if they're not like posting ass and all that stuff you know online so i i don't know I, I that's might, a fact that's a fact i might have this question wrong or something but i feel like they're maybe asking like maybe like do we use our looks or influence and stuff to reel people in sure you know if I, if that wasn't a factor i wouldn't have you know a picture of myself up as like my avatar profile right or i'd have like a less flattering picture up as my profile picture right so I think to a degree, yes, but do I, do I base like my business and shit around all of that? No. Do I have maybe like a little bit more confidence and ease talking to people and like uh, establishing like relationships and networking? Sure. You know? Yeah. If I can get into a space because someone's like, Hey, you're hot. Come talk to us. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like you think I'm coming over here for something, but you know, <laughs> we're about to talk business. Right. 
So, um, you know, like I, I, I think I'm aware of like my own privilege when it comes to how I'm perceived physically and like my level of perceived attractiveness, but it's not a crutch. It's not anything I rely on or like need entirely. Right. Like I could be anonymous and I think I'd have, you know, just as big of an audience. Right. So I guess that's how I'd answer that question. Does yeah, it help? So, yeah. <laughs> It's a it's a it's a weird question. Kind of not weird, but kind of hard to answer. I will say this: uh, in the film industry, I work with like probably ninety eight percent men. <laughs> so uh, yeah, being a woman helps a lot. Being in the film industry as a woman, it, I think it helps because you know when you're the only woman on a crew just being the only woman there like the director is like oh who are you like you what you're working electric or you work in grip or you you carry the heavy stuff you do the you do cable work and I'm like yeah so then you just automatically it just automatically helps and that you know people automatically know your name as a woman versus being a guy on the crew out of what 10 other guys so when I go to work first second day everybody knows me and then I also get other jobs because guys are like look we want to check on the crew, you know, we need somebody to lighten up, lighten up the mood <laughs> with all these guys. So I think that that in that way, I definitely, I definitely use it to my advantage. Uh, I don't think I do anything else. I mean, I don't really post pictures on Twitter. <laughs> <I'm anon>. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that's probably the only way I can answer that. Whatever I'm always you use it, I say you use it. Yeah, I, mean, I agree with you can, that. If you can take some sort of advantage in whatever, I don't know, privilege that you have in whatever situation, yeah, take it. I think, I don't know, I feel like, was that question, like, framed as, like, do we think that's, like, something wrong with it? I don't know. <laughs> it, was, it was just the way I said it. But I think, like, for me, I feel like if I'm going to take advantage of my privilege, then it's my responsibility to open the door and access right. to other Black women as well, though. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, all right, I have, I have privilege, right? But... It really doesn't mean shit unless I'm help creating a way and like trying mm -hmm. to do my part to make things better for other black women. So I think that's like my only caveat. Like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll deal with the comments and shit, but you're going to hire my homegirl to like design your site or do your lights or like, you know, mm -hmm. do your tech shit. Right. So I'll mm -hmm. eat it, but you're going to hire who I pick and choose, you know? Oh, I definitely do have done that and gotten women into the union. <laughs> so what He's is the next TV? What's the next one? <laughs> What's the next TV? Uh, TV. The next question. <laughs> well, I'm looking it up. I lost it. Oh no. Oh no. I mean, I, I feel like Beast can I really answer this because but everyone thinks Beast is a, a dude at first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I found yeah, it. So. <laughs> I found it. That was like it. that was like an uncomfortable conversation to have, but I felt like I just like keep it unfiltered, keep it real, like. People aren't going to yeah. like it, but whatever. Standards, not just financial for potential partners. Oh. <laughs> I'm going last. <laughs> I'm not going first. <laughs> I'll go second. I'll go second. All right, Jazz, it's on you. How am I going first? <laughs> we all did not it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you didn't go to elementary school? Come on. I mean, like, I know what I want to say, but ooh, I don't know if it's going to come out hey, right. Hey, just say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, only just one person has to agree. 
All right, this is four guys in a mic. All right, I think you should go first. What? Because I feel like I can follow uh, up better after you. Oh, throw me under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you the Joe Budden, so. No, I'm not the Joe Budden. <laughs> not at all. I don't even listen to that podcast. I've never heard a single episode. <laughs> no offense to, you know, Joe Budden or whatever. Just I'm not big on listening to podcasts, so it's hilarious that we're doing this and I have the daily one. Uh, I'm getting tipsy. I don't want to. No, we can't, we can't list financial. Uh, I mean, not just financial, it said. Okay. I fuck it. Whatever. There <laughs> nothing, we go. nothing I haven't been dragged for already. Um, I, my like, goat. I like black men. Oh, <laughs> yeah, with. duh. I mean, yes. Y'all got to stop interrupting me, though. Okay. <laughs> this, I'm going to lose a black man <laughs> appreciation show. A black yes, man appreciation show. <laughs> Um, obviously I like tall men, so like six four and taller, because you know, gotta have my like <laughs> I gotta give my babies chances <laughs> for the athletics. <laughs> Can't have any sorry kids at sports. <laughs> so you know, the taller the better. Uh a full beard. Okay, but outside of like the physical <laughs> stuff. I'm like obviously attractive, right? Like, you know, abs don't hurt and just yes. Anyway. Um I like men who are for I guess for my like ideal partner um they're not gonna give me grief it's like a mix right because like I'm old school but I'm also very ambitious so they're not gonna give me grief about work or like if we're at dinner and I tell them like hey I might have to get up and take a call and like leave the table and take a call or hey this is really important. This client like doesn't usually call me. Like I need to go take this and just see what's going on, but I'll be right back. I don't want to be given shit about that. Right. Unless it's something like super important, like we're at like anniversary dinner or like at your parents' house or something like that. Right. Um, I, if I hear like, Oh, you work too much. Like I'm checking out automatically. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm good off of that entirely. I like people who are like men who are like super supportive. And like, if I run an idea about you, you have like good feedback and ideas and I don't care what industry you're in. Right. I uh, just like, like someone who's supportive. Um, definitely like responsible with money. Um, I don't know that I could, um, I don't know that it would work with me being with someone with a nine to five. I'm not against it, but I just tend to like, get along better with more entrepreneurial men um like have to be making more than me and like you know that's not super super hard to do yeah talk about money he they said not just money oh i thought <laughs> said aside from money to say right. yeah, talk about it y'all heard that she finally told the truth <laughs> <laughs> it said what we prefer so would i prefer that my partner makes more money than me yeah absolutely especially like i'm the one who has to get pregnant and like have the baby and push them out and heal and recover. That's like two to two and a half years of downtime. So shit, somebody better be making some good ass money. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if I can't work, then shit, like you got to make sure we're good and we're straight. We're okay. Cause that's one thing I'm not doing again. I'm not working through my next pregnancy. Like I was with Silas. I'm not working right away after I have my kid. Like I actually want to have the opportunity to just be a mom and just focus on being a mom and not have to worry or stress about anything else. Like 
going to work too soon, working through my pregnancy, like take, like literally took two weeks off after having Silas and was like back at it full time. That fucked me up for like years, like hormonally, physically, mentally. So I don't know. I feel like I'm like dragging this on and on, but I love like people who communicate who are on time or can at least take like accountability and responsibility for themselves. And just like, you know, hustler, I don't have, um, an average vision for anything in my life. I want to achieve greatness, create legacy, create wealth. And so I need like my partner to be with that, like, you know, empire goals. Like we're going to have businesses (laughs) run businesses and do that. And like, I'm here to support and help, you know, run like operations and back end and make sure you look good and you look dope and you're on top of your shit. And, you know, I got the house and the home life for the most part and you go out and like handle most of like, you know, the business stuff. Cause I also feel like I'm probably gonna get shit for this also. Like men get, it's easier for men to get greater and better access to like things and opportunities than it would be for me as a woman. Right. So Uh like as much, yeah, Uh I know, I know. So as much oh, like well. privilege, as much privilege, but like, let's talk, like, let's look at the stats, you know, argue with uh-huh. me about data. Right. So like as much, as much privilege as I get for like looking, however I look, being as smart as I am, whatever my knowledge and savvy, there are certain situations, rooms and networks that I'm not going to be allowed into that a man will be allowed into. Right. So like, it is what it is. Right. I'm just going to like, I don't get mad. I assess, I look at the data and then I strategize and see, all right, well, if I can't get in the door, who can, and how can we make that work? Right. No point in me getting mad and upset and pissed off about it. Like, all right, well, <laughs> there's a way in. <laughs> so let's find it. All right. I'm done. Y'all go. And that's what makes black women so special because <laughs> we got to, we got to find different ways in. And when you got to work a little bit harder, you become a little bit uh, better. You know, I'm just going to throw that out there. But anyway, um, my uh, answer to that question would be, first and foremost, honest and loyal. Definitely honest and loyal. Um, I'm not going to say that they have to be a super, super hustler like me because like, I'm, I don't know. (laughs) It's hard to find people that are always going to be like, wanting to always be on shit you know so like I've come to learn that you can't always expect that in a person but I do want to be with somebody that's always about their business and always on top of their shit and passionate about it because I think if you're passionate about something and you're ambitious then everything else eventually takes care of some it takes care of itself you have the discipline it'll take care of itself so and doing shit properly there you go (laughs) Doing shit properly. I'm glad you said that. Doing shit properly, you know, because, you know, men, men do business and, you know, they don't always, you know, they'll make money, but the paperwork won't always be right. Hey, what's that tweet? Can you fill out paperwork? Can you fill out paperwork? Can you fill out paperwork? Now y'all feel what she was saying. <laughs> oh, no. I felt it the whole time because some people cannot fill out paperwork. paperwork. <laughs> I felt it. I felt it. But when she said that as a quality, as what women should be like dating wise, she's like, you gotta be able to fill out paperwork. You gotta be able to cook and clean. I was like, wait a minute, you gotta be able to fill out. Pa- wait, I gotta know. I gotta remember his social security number for real. Are you serious? What we filling out? We fill out job applications. What are you talking about? Fill it out that, paperwork. Those are husband but privileges, then, <laughs> right? But. You know, I feel like a lot of men, when they do business, you know, they don't exactly get the paperwork right. And that's when, <laughs> what, like what Ari said earlier, she said, 
Um, you can have the business and you, she runs the back end stuff and she keeps you organized and makes you look good on paper and stuff. I think that's very important when you come to like a man and a woman coming together and getting married and running businesses together. Oh, or women's intuition. Like, let's talk yes. about that. Like, you yes. need to stay away from that person. Something's going on. Mm -hmm. I don't know what, but I would have Women, yeah, women That's just That's all you do, Ari. <laughs> uh -huh. Am I ever wrong? Am I ever wrong? Hold on. I want to answer this. Have I ever been wrong about someone I told you, eh, I wouldn't fuck with them. Stay away. Nah, you haven't been. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, T. <laughs> it's important it's important because like when you get with somebody like when you're all business savvy and you're on your shit and then you're with somebody that's not exactly like that it just doesn't really work out like it doesn't work out so like for me like you don't have to want to be like a billionaire you know what I'm saying? You don't have to want to want a hundred million dollars, but like you at least want to hit some high six figures or something in your lifetime or like something, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, a million. You don't want to be a millionaire? I want to be a millionaire. If you don't want to strive to be a millionaire, I don't know how we, we're going to be talking the same lingo. We're not going to be sipping the same tea. It's not going to be. <laughs> yeah. Know? If my future and, husband is listening, we're going to go after multiple bees. So I need exactly. to get on board. <laughs> My childhood dream is to own an NBA team, and I'm going to fulfill that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, if you want to shop, if you want to be there, you know, you better shop to own some NBA team money. Okay? Not saying that you have to. I'm just saying, you know. Just present. <laughs> just kidding. If you want it to work out. <laughs> oh, push presents. <laughs> Oh Lord! Because I'm gonna be courtside in 2050. <laughs> <laughs> All about you. <laughs> I don't care if I get dragged. You know they say they always say that women set the standards, and I want to talk about this because women we really do set the standards. If you have low expectations, you're gonna get. You know you play stupid, you play clown games, you get clown <laughs> prizes. Okay, you have every you time set low expect and you set low expectations. You're not gonna get anything if you don't set any expectations. You're not gonna get anything at all. You might you you basically playing playing a little loop like you just playing like the little uh the carnival game. You're like I don't know what I'm gonna get. You I might get zero dollars. I might get five hundred. Might mm -hmm. go on vacation. Might not. You know, that's not the game that you want to play. So if you want things in life, you got to set expectations even with your partner. If you want your partner yep. to be like you and you want to open businesses, you want to be a billionaire. Your partner got to be on the same path. We need the Joe Button siren. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> but no, I mean, I'm being dead ass serious because I hate this. I hate when I talk to like young women and they like cry about these dudes. And I'm like, well, like, why are you expecting this? And he want to do this. Like, if he's yeah. okay with this, but you got these dreams of doing this, it's not going to work out. You know, and a lot of people are like, well, can ambitious women be with some dude that are like, I say no. If the dude don't have the same ambition as her, I'm not saying they got to have the same money going on, but if the dude don't have the same ambition as her, it's not going to work out. Regardless of the money situation, you don't got that passion. It's not going to be there. And that's Tara's super short show. <laughs> <laughs> she felt that one. Right, <laughs> right. 
Uh, I don't. Do they? Do people want to hear from me? You know, I'm a. They want to hear from everybody. Okay. I want to hear your name. I'm you a lesbian, but everybody thinks me. I'm a man on Twitter. So. Hey, I, I love though matter. that like. What the fuck? Come on, I I love how different our perspectives are because, like, I'm more old school and traditional. Tara, I don't know how I would categorize, categorize Tara. <laughs> Probably not as old school as I am, if at all. Bees <laughs> is a lesbian. And then Jazz, I don't know how she would categorize herself as far as, like, relationship dynamics, you know? I think people get surprised at, like, yeah. So, like, I'm the old fart. I'm the grandma. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, for me... Like the biggest thing for me is uh, for my partner, they have to have a strong family dynamic. Like I can't even go for you if you and your family don't get along. You don't have a strong like family connection. Y'all, you and your family always beefing. Like that's just not for me. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, I want generational wealth and generational wealth is all about your family foundation and how strong your family is. So if your partner don't get along with their family, like really what makes you think that you're going to have a real strong family uh, type type bond when you all create a family? Like they're just like, you know, they're not going to have grandma, grandpa because they don't, they don't rock with them. Like, so that's not even going to be there. So you're not even going to be able to pass down the knowledge from your grandmother and grandfather because they don't even get along you. with them. Twitter is about to kill you. I don't care. They <laughs> can't kill me. Oh, we well, can't see the know, notifications anyway. They can come kill me. Are, that's are, that's people me. People are allowed to have expectations of what they want their family to be like. Let's put that right. out there. And that's exactly. her expectations of what she wants her family to be like. Right. And I've been through the situation when it's not that. So I understand Hell. exactly how it is when it's the opposite. When it's the opposite, mm-hmm. they beefing with their family is too much. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just too much drama and too much stuff that long term is just not going to work out for me. So for me, that's like, that's the big thing. Your family dynamics, how is that? Um, And then on top of that, I just need somebody that's going to be like supportive with what I'm doing. Somebody that's supportive with wanting to kind of like run the household when I'm not there. You know, if I'm going to be busy all the time, I'm going to be working. You need to be able to run the household. I can't be out of town handling business and then I'm still having to like schedule stuff to get done for the house or still having to maintain the house too. I can't do everything by myself. So I need you to be able to hold the house down. Um, that's, that's how I look at it. Um, and then outside of that, like, yeah, I mean, just a loving, nurturing person. That's, that's what I'm looking for, for, you know, myself and the kids future kids, you know, you just have to be very nurturing. I don't want anybody who's like just real cold and not, they don't want to take care of, you know, their kids and whatever responsibilities they have. So, and then I also like somebody who does uh, the opposite of me. Like, so when it comes to like cleaning the house and stuff, you do the things I don't like to do and I'll do the things you don't like to do. But, you know, eventually I'm going to have maids and stuff like that. But as of right now, we, you know, we trade off. Right, you know, as of right now, we trade off, but in the future, it's gonna be, it's not gonna matter. We're gonna have maids and chefs and butlers and all that. So, nannies, all that stuff. I already plan on having the nanny take over for like the first year, two, maybe first five years for, for real, for real. So, that's real. <laughs> nanny gonna be on deck. So, <laughs> we need to record Jasmine saying boss talk and just like drop that as like a, like a siren. <laughs> I need that boss talk. (laughs) 
Well, Jazz, I don't know how you uh, finesse. I, I guess it's my go. So I think just someone of integrity, um, you definitely have to be like business minded. You got to have some sort of hustle to you. I agree with, uh, with T when she was saying like, you don't got to be like a super hustler, but you got to be on top of whatever you got going on. You got to be on top of that and never really like settle in for what you have. Like you should always be just striving for more, whatever that is for you. Um, like B said, like just a, a really caring person, loving person. Uh, I think that's really important. Um, and I think that's like about it. Like as far as money goes, yeah, for sure. I don't care. You don't have to make more, but you can't be making significantly less than me. Um, I think that's important to me. Um, and I think having a good family structure, uh, yeah, is important to me as well. But um, I mean, I know that that's not the case for everyone. So it's not like probably like a top priority, but that's like what I would prefer. Um, and that's probably like about it. I think, I think you guys hit everything else like that I agree with. Um, so yeah. So, all right. I like that question. Yeah, yeah that was a good one. Monetizing your lifestyle. Man, it's so easy. And like, this question is like, what? In, two, in 2020, like how it's, look how people are, man, I feel like I could just go on a crazy rant of this. Like, look how- Go on a crazy rant. Yeah, go on Look how rant. easy it is. Look how, like, look around you and look how people are making money and look like, man, monetizing your life. Like, start a fucking YouTube channel and show people how well you brush your teeth. Like, and I bet somebody out there is doing that and making six figures a month or some shit. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like it's so many possibilities, literally. Like, that question is so open-ended. But I think this kind of goes into um, what we were talking about, Ari, where it's like people, they're not tapping into their skill set. Like, whatever your skill is now, tap into that and just, like, just keep oh, yeah. documenting what you're doing and keep talking about what you're doing. Like, you know right. how you monetize your lifestyle? By showing people what you do every single day. We yep. show up on Twitter every single day. That's how we built our following. That's how we built, um, I guess, kind of like our influence. It's just by showing right. up every day and just talking about what we do and mm -hmm. what we can offer other people. It's what really not that in. hard. Yeah, what we believe yep. in. Like, we're not scared to share our opinions. You're not going to be able to monetize anything if you're too scared to even say how you really feel. Mm-hmm. You definitely can't be a yes man. You you gotta have some things where like if people are disagreeing with you every now and then you you're going somewhere. You know, like I always say that to people and like like if you get like negative comments all the time, you might want to, you know, reevaluate the situation. But if every now and then you got some people disagreeing with you, it's okay. And some people need to understand like everybody's not gonna like what you're doing. That's okay. Keep going. That's how you monetize your audience. You eventually find people that like what you're doing, and they stay and be, they become a part of your your cult following. The people that always want to hear what you have to say or always want to see what you're doing. So I think and people, people are going to say, "Well, how? Okay, yeah. I got following, well, I got influence. So how do I monetize that?" And that's what I'm saying. That's so like it's <laughs> so many ways you can monetize that. All right, but like let's Man. talk about it because there might be someone who's like brand new to this world and they just happen to stumble upon the uh, podcast right so it's man like you have 
kids on TikTok that or Instagram that literally do nothing but play with their dogs and you know tell jokes and stuff and they get like hundreds of thousands of views and then they're like hey uh buy my t-shirt with me and my dog on it you know and it doesn't matter if 15 or 20 people buy the t-shirt out of the 50,000 followers they have because that's they make money off of it you know and then they can keep going and figure out what their audience likes and then they can monetize you can you can figure out a way people just I think a lot of people have a lot of questions because they don't actually do the work because once you start yeah. doing the work, you start figuring things out. Like you're asking, how can you monetize a following on YouTube? It's easy. If you just actually start building a following on YouTube, YouTube will let you know how you can make some money because they actually want you to bring more people to YouTube. So they let you know like, Hey, if you get this many views on this video, we'll pay you this much. Or if you get this many subscribers, we'll pay you this much. And they give you incentives. So it's like, if people were actually taking the time out to do the work, they would understand how to monetize that following. It really come down to one thing. You want to know how you monetize your lifestyle? Be consistent. I don't care mm -hmm. what you do. If you consistently do it, you're going to get paid from it. Mm -hmm. Figuring out how to get paid from it. Like, and that's a, that's the thing. People, they try to figure out how to get paid for something before mm -hmm. they even start it. Right. Like you have never <laughs> done it ever. And you're trying to figure out how can I get paid? Like, well, you don't even know if you like doing the shit and right. you're trying to find out how to get paid from it. Like, right. And then right. nobody what knows. You enjoy. Mm -hmm. And then nobody knows your expertise. So mm -hmm. who's going to pay you if they don't really like, if they don't believe that what whatever it is you're saying, or they don't believe you're knowledgeable or expert in what you're saying. So mm -hmm. it's just like, you got to show up every single day and be consistent that's all it is it's not really that complicated people don't want to put the work in and that's really what it comes down to that's it mm -hmm. and like we can go ahead and put this out here all four of us like had jobs careers things money moving before twitter like or in off twitter yeah. right now Thank like, you. we don't make our main source from our followings you know what i'm saying we have like what sixty thousand something followers between the four of us on twitter but we don't make our that's not our main source of income you know what i'm saying we all have mm -hmm. stuff going on outside of twitter that makes money and then we get we get we get on twitter and we're like, oh, well, people at, and look, most of the time people are like, oh, can you do this? Or do you do this? Or do you yep. have a course on this? And then mm -hmm. that's literally like, oh, damn, I should make a course on that. I know a lot about it. And they're asking for it. And that's how you figure out how to monetize your following. Get a following. They'll tell you what they want. <laughs> they literally tell you exactly will tell you what, what they, they want. They will tell you what literally. they want. Like, literally, they will tell you what they want. So it's like, once you start just being consistent, like if you are, you work a nine to five and you want to just uh, document your nine to five and vlog about it, like how boring your office space like job is, and like you know, you know, how you automated that. your nine to five, right? Yeah. How you automated eighty percent of your nine to five job, and now you're just spending your time figuring out yeah. how to monetize and grow an audience. Yeah. Or if you do meal plans or something, or like, or how how I make my meal plans every week and save so much time every week because I work a nine to five and I have no time. You know, there's ways you can monetize your audience. You just have to build your audience and start being consistent about what you're posting and then see what your audience likes. You know, look at what, the, like Ari did a whole free something about this. I, I, I vaguely remember. She basically told you how to figure out what your audience likes the most. And there you go. <laughs> It's That's right the good there. stuff that she deleted. Mm -hmm. People didn't she deleted see those that. Tweets. She deleted I all of that. Remember it. She told you exactly how to build a Twitter following for free. 
It's mm-hmm. really simple. Interact, show up every day. Engage. That's really, literally it. Like, okay, I'll break it down. I'll be like even more specific. I'll give you all game since I think I, I think I deleted this tweet. So before I charged anyone for everything, I think I showed up on Twitter every day for over a year and provided value. And the first maybe four or six months, I was doing free calls with people just to help them. I had no ulterior motive. Like I didn't even want to monetize Twitter. I got on and started like joking and fucking around and like interacting with people, got into like black tech Twitter and people started following me because of like crazy shit I was saying on top of being helpful and giving them marketing advice or like business perspective. So a lot of people were DMing me and I was like, it's easier if we just hop on a call and I can talk to you and just like break down what you need help with. I did over a hundred free calls, right? Mm -hmm. And every one of those calls, I took notes on what those people needed help with, solutions, all that stuff. And I only shut them down because someone ended up being shady and trying to play me, right? But imagine talking to a (laughs) hundred, shut up, peace. (laughs) I want people to hear that. that. She did it for free Mm -hmm. at first. A hundred calls. And did research and studied the game first. I was like, who am I attracting and what do they need help with? Right. All right. So a lot of people just ultimately why people follow me is they want to make money. Right. So they want to be exposed to how to make money and then how to like stay productive and on top of everything. Cause they're like, shit, she's a single mom. <laughs> she travels like she makes some type of money where she don't got to go to work and she can be on Twitter all day. And you know, she, it sounds like she knows what she's talking about when it comes to business the people that, you know, the other people they follow are like vouching for her saying like, oh, that was such a dope call. Thanks, Ari. You know, like even B, B shouts me out all the time. Like he'll talk shit all all the time. But B's like, no, like you got to work with me. Like, you know, I need your brain on my shit. But from that, I was able to figure out like, all right, I need to start building an email list because it's when I decided to start taking things more seriously with Twitter. I was like, I'll just build up an email list, do my welcome series, give them some freebies, some game. And then uh, I started my survey and that survey asked people, what's your number one biggest challenge when it comes to side hustle or income, right? Or right now. So I review that almost daily. Now. Well, no, I do review it daily because of the daily podcast. But I'm always in tune and in touch with what my followers need help with. So I can always create content literally based off of their words and what they're telling me they need help with. So it's not that I'm like super resourceful and I can read minds. I'm just literally taking the time to answer people's questions with what they need help with and pointing them to a free resource, an affiliate product, my stuff, whatever. So my following grew and around about the... 13 or 14 K mark earlier this year, I was like, you know what? I, and I come from like the digital marketing info product world. I've done that for years, right? I left that last year, but I come from that industry. So I know what really good products look like. Like I've helped bees and Tara. I don't think jazz for any info products, but like I've reviewed y'all stuff. I reviewed y'all stuff. A few people's things like, let me take a look at it. And like, mm-hmm. you know, let me tell you like, all right, this is what it needs or this is what's going to make it even better. Right. 
And so I just got fed up seeing like all these shitty products being sold for so much money and it's nothing. Like from the world I come from, you would be laughed out of the event, the mastermind, like it would be a joke, right? But Twitter, it ha- the market hasn't saturated there yet. Keyword, the, ma- the market hasn't saturated on Twitter yet. We still have a long way to go before that happens. Um, so, you know, out of frustration, I tweeted, I'm just going to, I'm going to make a course. I'm going to teach y'all everything I know about project managing launches. And um, here's what I'm thinking of teaching. Would you be interested in that? In that Overwhelming response. Okay, bet. Before I even created anything, I said, all right, before I make this, I want y'all to like show me that you actually want it so you can pre-order it for super cheap. I'm going to go through a live run with you. It's going to be messy. Things are going to be broken. <laughs> it's not going to be like, you know, amazing as far as setup or experience, but I'm going to teach you everything I know. You're going to help me organize it. I want your feedback. I'm going to have guest people fill in the holes. So like, if you want it, buy it. And I think on like the first day I got maybe two or 300 uh, customers in sales. It was only 20 bucks because it was going to be an ebook, but I ended up getting like 200 people, two or 300 people by the first day. And then now I have almost 900 people who have joined the course and Literally, it's they like I pre-sold it. I didn't make a damn thing outside of a rough outline until people purchased, and I had over a hundred people purchase, and then I did that. So people got to see me build the course live, deliver it live, bring in my friends who were done and knew what they were talking about, and they do my marketing for me now. Like I don't really have to talk about my course because my beta run, my beta students, they market it and tell people about it for me. They're asking to be affiliates for my shit. And like, Hey, I I had my best friend join. I had my cousin join. I had my mom join. So, you know, it's a slow build, but the quality is there. And eventually like I'll raise the price and stuff. But like that, that wasn't ever like the intention. It was like, let me show y'all what some dope shit is. And like, let me give you some of my best work. That's easily affordable. I'll reimburse my time for putting it together and being on these calls with you each week. And like, you know, bringing people on, but like, you're going to see, you're going to see what I'm about and like the type of work that I do. And, you know, anything I do in the future, I have no doubt that like, I know at least my core students, they're going to be down for anything else that I launch again. So yeah, yeah I slow, agree. I, th- I like that, that, uh, the, the fact that you did it for free at first and you kind of like got in the habit of like teaching somebody and talking to somebody on the phone and doing like consults mm-hmm. like that, because I think that makes you better Oh that yeah. way, you know, it makes you better because, you know, before I even started doing consults and you were like, do consults, do consults, do consults. You need to be doing consults. You need to have right. an email list. I was just talking to people on Twitter. People were DMing me. I had my DMs wide open and I was just talking to people all the time. And Ari was like, I don't know why are you doing that? You need to just <laughs> set it up, do your Calendly. I remember you sent me that, uh, that note in the notes app. <laughs> and he was like, all oh, right there, like set it up. This is how you do it. You know, um, set up your consult calls. And you know, if you have experience in something and you've done something and you have information, you can monetize that you know and it's not to say that you need to monetize everything every single thing like you don't need an ebook on tying your shoes i'm saying like if you have i'm making a twitter thread (laughs) (laughs) yeah or making a twitter thread if you have a skill that other people are asking you about and are you know really like hey can you teach me this 
there's a sign right there, a huge sign telling you, hey, this is something that you can monetize. Because I was always talking about mobile homes and I was pointing people in the direction and people were like, well, hey, how do you do it? And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to write something. It's not going to be a, a guru book, you know, anything like that. It's just going to be like what I did, how I started. Like, this is just everything that I use. These are my resources, like, that I use to, you know, find my mobile homes, you know, as a beginner, you know, because I'm still learning in the field and I want people to have these resources as well. And I get so much feedback. I think the other day, somebody, I think like yesterday, maybe, or the day before, somebody said like them, him and his dad or something, were looking at mobile homes in the field and they had like found one or something. And I'm like, that's what makes me smile because it's like, I got to teach somebody about something that they didn't know about. But I mean, as far as monetizing, like that's easy. Like Jasmine said, she's about to go on a Joe Budden rant. It's easy. <laughs> I would say everyone say email list. Um, yeah, for sure. Definitely. But also monetize it also if people are thinking like, yeah, but maybe they don't want to do consoles or ebooks or whatever. Monetizing isn't always like that kind of exchange. It could be uh like you all were saying, you were consistent, you were showing up every day, letting everyone know what you're an expert in. And maybe a brand or a business reaches out to you to do work. Like a that job. Be, yeah, maybe yeah, our job mm-hmm. or like a project that could be the way that you monetize like or maybe maybe you think of like some sort of project you think for fun and you want to test it out you want to set up maybe a really quick um what what, uh, like a marketing funnel you got a landing page set up boom and you know you can get at least i don't know 50 of your followers or so to buy in and you make money that way doing whatever this project is that you just kind of uh, you know, create, doing whatever that you're, you're good at, whatever your expertise is. But like, you don't always have to think of monetizing in that, in that sense. It can really be so many other things. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you touched on that. You're muted, Bees. <laughs> okay. And I would diversify your monetization. I'd start with one thing and get it to a point that like you're happy with. But don't Mm -hmm. let that be like your only egg in the basket, right? Like, you know, diversify what you've got going on, you know? And so like, there's different ways that I eat offline and online. But if I ever lose a stream, like, I'm still good, you know? Like, I'll be a little stressed if like four or five go down, then I'm like, oh, bitch, like, (laughs) you gotta figure something out. But like one or two, I'm just like, eh, you know, know, I'm never one that's like, lost for ideas or things to do and i think that also comes from um having such a good like network of friends and like business folks like i talk to these three women offline all the time like it's not just we're not we're not just doing this podcast like we're all actually friends we've all made money some way together in some way shape or form right and so it goes deeper than that and i always know if i'm ever in like a really if i'm actually in a tough spot like I have the network and relationships and I've given enough value where I could tap my network and be like, yo, I need to make money. I need something to shake. Like help me think of something, what you got for me, like put the word out, put feelers out, you know? And I think they would all do it without any hesitation. No questions asked. Just like, all right, bet. what are you looking for? What do you need? Like, let me see what I can do. Definitely. Right. And, and then, um, so I want to get into building your network. So like, if you want to monetize what you're doing, monetize your lifestyle, you have to build your network. So like, I remember 
when I followed Ari. She hasn't been on Twitter that long. I don't know if you've even been on Twitter for two full years. I remember I think I followed nope. you maybe. Uh-uh. Yeah, I think I followed you maybe like <clears throat> October, November 2018, something like that. It was been like a year and a half. Yeah, I've had my account since 2012, but I didn't, I wasn't active until like the last quarter of 2018, like September, October 2018. Right, like I remember when you started engaging and you were tweeting to people and you were tweeting threads like, hey, you want to know how to build your following? Pick some people that you're like interested in knowing and interested in like maybe building friendships with and engage with them like 10 times, engage with 10 different people a day or something like that. And that's why I started following you because you were engaging and you were like trying to actually start genuine conversations. So a lot of people, what they do is they'll follow somebody and they'll never tweet them ever. So that's why I'll tweet out all the time, like new followers interact, like you all just follow and you don't ever interact. I don't even check who follows me. So if you don't Mm -hmm. interact with me, I have no idea that you follow me. Mm -hmm. So until you interact, I don't know that you follow me. I would follow way more people, but y'all never talk. So I'm not following anybody who does not talk to me, who I don't Mm -hmm. know what you're about, you know, who I've never had a conversation with. The people who interact with me, I do. I follow them back. You could say one thing, one tweet that I like, I'll follow you. Yeah. Nobody ever says anything. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody ever says anything. So you got to build your network. You have yep. to expand your network. You can't just be like, all right, I want to monetize my lifestyle. And then you aren't even talking to anybody. Mm-hmm. You aren't letting anybody and, know what you're doing. Exactly. And that's the way I, I touched on that in the last episode. If you see somebody talking about something that you don't know about, like go, go Google it. And that way, next time when they're talking about it on the timeline and they say something about it, you can have something to say. And then, oh, that might be the tweet that B's like. So like, oh, shit, they know a little something about this topic that I'm t- speaking on. And then she follows you, y'all interact, and y'all might become friends. And then you might have a, you know, a Navy Federal plug. <laughs> 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 she gonna put you on all right. Navy Federal's perks. She's <laughs> like, look, let me tell you something. Navy Federal got this new credit card. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's how you build networks. You know, you just know something. We didn't all become friends because we didn't know things. We all saw each other. We know things about certain things. And we just started talking to each other. I think Tara and I started talking more when she hopped on one of my free consult calls because we engaged a little bit. She hopped on mm-hmm. a free consult call with me and I was like, all right. She's like, mm-hmm. all right. And then from uh-huh. that point on, we're like, all right. <laughs> yeah, then we was eating Cubans in Miami. <laughs> right, we was all in Miami, all four right, of us. Right, we was all in, in Miami. Crazy. Damn, that's right, we was all on the same yacht. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Good also, time. like, I like genuine engagement. So I'd rather you, like, make a non-sexual joke with me and, like, or share some information versus put me in one of those damn lists. I hate that list shit because 90% of the time y'all are like associating me with someone who's scammy and shitty and not on top of their stuff who I'd have no business like being, I'd walk out the room if they walked in. Right. So I'd rather you engage with me on a genuine level. Ask me how my day was shit versus putting me in some list, (laughs) hoping I'll retweet it and like, you know, get you like followers and stuff that way. Cause 100% 100% of the time, if you add me to a list, and even if it's not the same tweet, if someone is in that list that, like, I think is scammy, I'm not going to retweet it at all. I'll just, I'll like my part and then move on, you know? So I'd rather, like, you all think of, like, what are genuine ways versus, 
what are genuine ways to connect and get to know this person versus tactics? Yeah. Right. The list and, don't, and then the tweets yeah. with all mm-hmm. the people in it. Y'all be adding me in tweets that I do not <laughs> rock with these people. So stop doing that. Stop adding me with people that I don't like, that I don't fuck with because I'm not cool with them. So stop doing that shit. Just and y'all be knowing too. It be something right. most people don't know, but the ones that y'all be knowing, like, come on, <laughs> come on. Oh my god! But you know what? I much, I much rather you just engage with me than like you know, like ask me for something like with your hand out, like, oh, here we go. Somebody asking for something, like engage, yeah, share a engage song with me. For, shit. Yes, let's be on to some new music. You know what? <laughs> That's my, fa- I was about to say, that's my favorite thing. Put me on to something new, whether it's new yep. music or some new information. Hey, Tara, yep. check this out. I'd be like, oh shit, this is cool as hell. Like, and I love nice. all kinds of shit, like science, technology articles, anything that I haven't seen before, put me on to something. But don't just be like, hey, can you retweet this for me? Or hey, oh, can you give me a link to this? Because I'm not doing it, ever. <laughs> I'm yeah. not doing it, ever. If you say share this for me, link, if you tweet me link, I'm blocking you right away. Like, yeah. right away. Yeah, because and some people don't even do their due diligence. Like, let me tell you something. The best thing you can ever do on Twitter is people are like, hey, oh, my God, so-and-so just dropped this link. Hey, guess what? Go to so-and-so's page. Scroll down, like, two or three tweets. Find the link. Instead of asking that person at what link, you know what I'm saying? Now you become that annoying person that's always asking for what link rather than that person that's become resourceful. So become resourceful, you know, come back with information on your own, add to the conversation, engage. That's how you build a network. You don't build a network by asking people something of them without providing something of you first. Like it's just, that's not how it go. <laughs> right. And then don't promote your stuff under my tweets. You don't God follow me. Even if you do follow me, don't just randomly promote whatever it is you're trying to sell under my tweets. Cause I'm blocking you. <laughs> and hide it and I'll, I'll delete the tweet before I, <laughs> I promote right yeah I hide the tweet first I'm gonna hide it since Twitter added that feature I'm gonna hide the reply then I'm gonna block you <laughs> and that's that on that because <laughs> y'all folks getting annoying I'm like I was, and you know what if you just engaged with me for a couple of tweets and then you had a brand and I saw that like as your pin tweet or something I'm highly likely to just retweet it just out of nowhere. Yeah, if you your shit's saying? like decent, I'm like, all right, this yeah. can help somebody. Yeah. All right. Engagement all right. goes a long way. I'm just saying. I pay attention. Mm-hmm. Y'all keep learning from them Twitter marketers. They are not mm-hmm. real marketers. They have the worst marketing. Stop that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's how I follow um, Buddy that does the like Louis Vuitton uh airpod cases and the dior uh lighter cases oh, and stuff. i know who you're talking about we should find yeah i think them out. yeah uh i think it's just tough i'll find his at real quick but i think he goes to kennesaw state that's the homie but he literally would just engage all the time and he never said anything about his brand and then one time i went and looked at his page and i saw that he had a brand Boom. there and then, you the shit i talked yeah. about and then look day. i retweeted it and it went viral Oh, I said shit. something about it. Like, I quote tweeted it and I was like, yo, this is dope or something. Like, a flame. It went viral. And he said something to me. He was like, yo, thank you so much. Blah, blah, blah. But, like, you never know who, right. <laughs> who you engage with. Post, so he posted his content. He posted mm-hmm. his product consistently. He engaged yep. consistently. Eventually, yep. you got interested, went to check mm-hmm. him out, said, oh, shit, you're dope. And you mm-hmm. shared it. 
literally and I shared it and it went viral. Mm-hmm. all the damn time. His uh, his at name is uh just uh J U stuff by T J. J U stuff by T J on yeah. Twitter. Shout out to the homie. Yeah, he does go to Kennesaw State. <laughs> He's cool as hell. He makes all kinds of like designer uh like AirPod cases and stuff. But see, that's a perfect example of just engaging with somebody and like you know, you never know who you meet. And how I met a couple is, is like my bad, not to cut you off, but no, Twitter, you good, you good. Go ahead. Overthink Twitter. I mm-hmm. feel like Twitter is a lot like the real world, like especially since the platform that it's on. Like, just have a normal conversation. Like, don't overdo it. Don't try to like push the connection or whatever you're doing. Like, just genuinely engage, and it'll work out. How's, how's Twitter so been? Uh, how's Twitter been good for you, Jazz? Man. And Twitter has been crazy for me. Um, shout out to uh, Paris. I don't know what her, I don't know what her Twitter handle is, but I'll find um, it. Paris Athena. Um, I really use Twitter as like, like kind of like the broader topic we were talking about networking. I just wanted to meet more people in tech and more people outside of like where I was living at the time, really, because I knew like. You know, the more people I meet, the more opportunities I'll get. Like, it was, it was a simple math. So, like, I was just using Twitter like that as a, t- a platform to, like I said, meet people in tech. And then it grew to something really crazy, which is still, I don't know. Like, I don't have the blueprint to, like, building a Twitter following really other than, like, we've all been saying, like, being consistent. Like, I consistently tweeted and I was engaging with people. But in a natural way, like, not being weird or like trying to push any any kind of agenda other than I just wanted the connection I wanted to learn more about you if anything like especially if you were in the tech space like I wanted to learn new things and you know from there that I was able to for me I'm able to monetize Twitter like offline I guess like what I was saying how like a business or organization they'll reach out to me for like a service or a product or something like that so with Paris, she has like she had a crazy following because she went viral with the uh what is it? Black, black tech, tech type line, or, or yeah, black tech Twitter. That went viral. So she grew a crazy following. So she got a lot of connections and then just you know, engaging with her again, like normal, like nobody was pushing any agenda. We both supported each other, just natural organic things. And she basically blended her network with mine and from there, I've been able to make really like crazy money, but like doing really, really cool things um, just based off of her telling people about me. And then from there, you know, her network telling other people about me and everything grew like that. So Twitter's been really cool for me. Like, I think I'm an advocate for it always. Definitely. I think Twitter is one of the easiest ways you can reach out to just about anybody in the world, because if they have a Twitter account, you can at them, you can DM them. It, it doesn't get any easier. And I'm not saying it's easy to, you know, get in contact with celebrities or, you know, somebody famous or somebody that is a CEO of a company, but like 
a couple CEOs of companies follow me and I didn't even realize it till I, you know, click on their page or they like a tweet and I'm like, wow, this guy owns a tech company and he has 250,000 followers. I didn't even know who he was, you know? So you never know who's following you and you never know who you're engaging with. So I just say engage and be positive and just like have something to bring to the conversation and you never know who you're talking to. Like if I could tell you the some of the people that I've talked to just off of Twitter, you'd be like, what? Like, it's wild. You know, you never know who is on that timeline. Use it. <laughs> I met my first black millionaire on Twitter and I still, to me, I think that's the craziest thing ever. That's dope. Yeah. Even like, I, I say what I want on Twitter. I don't care. Like, I'm going to be uh -huh. myself. And I've had like CEOs, investors, all that shit reach out to me for consult calls and help or wanting to hire me despite that. Right. So like, don't be afraid to be yourself. As long as like your content demonstrates, you know what you're talking about, especially uh -huh. if you can figure out how to position your content to like generate income and revenue or some type of like leader result. I wouldn't be too worried about it unless you're like job hunting, right? But I'm not job hunting, right? Like I, I'm service-based, I'm freelance. So like I have the freedom in that regard in sacrifice of having a steady check, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, like obviously use whatever strategy makes sense for your current lifestyle and where you want to go. But, you know, there are people who don't follow me, who don't interact or engage with me, but they may have seen a retweet or a thread and literally... 400 bucks. I saw your convert kit thread. I don't want to set that up. Can you hop on this consult call with me and like help me do it really quickly? Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. That was literally a matter of copying over my template, telling them what to write in their emails and then get, letting them get comfortable for 30 minutes doing it themselves and boom, done. Mm -hmm. Easy money, easy for easy something money. I already created. Mm-hmm. And you never know, your free content might, might get you something. I've had people send me, like, money via Venmo. They're like, hey, get a copy on me. You made me some money just off of this thread the other day that you put on there. Like, you saved me some money. Here, get lunch on me. I've had somebody buy me a Pelican case, which if anybody knows about Pelican cases, oh, those wow. are expensive as hell. They sent me a Pelican case. They're like, hey, what's your mailing address? I want to send you something. And it turned out to be a really nice Pelican case. So shout out to my friend in New York. You know who you are for the Pelican case. <laughs> like I've had people do some really amazing things like just off of the information that I've provided on Twitter. Like they're like, people have given me free memberships to things. People are like, hey, you know, like I'm talking about like paid groups. They're like, they charge money for people to like, hey, you can have it for free just because you provide me with so much information. You save me money. Thank you. And, that, and that's just how my network has been expanding like just rapidly just by providing people with information. Yo, so I can't say the name of the company, but mm -hmm. there was something I was paying for and the owner of this site reached out to me and they were like, hey, can I, can I exchange a marketing consult call with you and I'll give you two years free access to this site that like you're mm -hmm. already enrolled in. It's like, say less. <laughs> That's say less. Happening. Right? You know, it's like all from, because they, they somehow, I think I was following them on Twitter. I said something about them. They came mm -hmm. to check me out and they're like, oh shit, I need help with that. Can we barter? Mm -hmm. What they gave me far out, uh, far exceeds what that consult call, what they would have paid for that consult call. I was right. down for it. Exactly. 100%. Free memberships that cost hundreds of dollars a year. Down. 
in exchange right. for me rambling on Twitter, done. <laughs> <laughs> right. done. Yeah, I have, I have lifetime memberships too for a couple yeah. of services that uh-huh. I've never had to pay for. Shout out to my guys. They knew who they are. So They know who they are. <laughs> the same you know, guys. Exactly. Right. You know, I, got you. I just appreciate them. And it's, it's based off a of tweet and value that I provide for them. Like anytime mm-hmm. they hit my line, they need something, they know I got them. So uh-huh. just, I don't know. I mean, That's being true. able to just provide your expertise, yeah. it gets you far. And I think it that a lot far. of people... They, you just need to figure out what you're going to be an expert in. Stop trying to mm-hmm. be a jack of all trades and not really mm-hmm. know a lot about anything and figure out what you are going to be an expert in. You don't got to mm-hmm. be an expert in everything. Just a couple different maybe topics or even just one topic. People mm-hmm. will go to you. You'll be their go-to person. Mm-hmm. But start Definitely. with one. You got to start mm-hmm. with one. I definitely agree wrong with changing your mind. Just do some shit for 30 or 60 days. See mm-hmm. how you like it. Assess if you're miserable, not like, not that you haven't gotten a result, but like if you're miserable and drained from doing it, all right, switch. But it's just like, Oh, I haven't hit like success yet. I haven't hit a result. I haven't gotten a sale yet. That's not reason to quit in my book. Right. That's just more mm-hmm. like, all right, I need to keep experimenting and figuring mm-hmm. something out. I like this shit. I'm learning. I learned a bunch of shit. That's not going to work. So I'm getting mm-hmm. hella close to something that is going to work and is going to hit. And I told, I think I told everyone on this call, when y'all start and when it hits and like shit takes off, it takes off quickly and rapidly. And like, you're not really ready for it. But when shit mm-hmm. hits, it hits, <laughs> it goes, it, hits. it goes. That is so wild that you said that because when I was working part-time in film, like I was getting no calls like at all. Like I was getting a call here and a call here and it was just enough to, you know, make some money on the side, but still have to work my other job in the restaurant industry. And then one day it just hit. And then I was just, I was starting to turn down jobs and I was feeling so bad. I was like, yo, I could have went to work and made like $500 that day, but I went over here like, damn, I wish I could be in two places at one time. And I was starting to turn down work and it really hit. And I was just working so much. And then, you know, thanks to COVID, we out here working on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's just how life is. And, you know, I just thankfully work in an industry that I know when they do let us go back to work, it's going to be so much work. <laughs> it's going to be so much work that I'm, again, I'm going to be in a position where like, I can't work on this because I'm working on this, you know, and you're just booked. But like, you just have to keep going. You can't give up. You can't be like, oh, well, I'm not getting any work or, oh, I'm not making any money right now. You got to keep going because when you keep going, that's when you eventually you, you hit, you hit pay dirt. <laughs> and that's why it's important to keep your main income. Stop mm-hmm. trying to jump so quick into quitting whatever your main income comes from and focus on just becoming better at what it is that you do, whether it's a service or um, I don't know whether it's a service or you YouTube or you, you mm-hmm. showing up every day, whatever it is, like just become better at that. Stop mm-hmm. trying to like do some for a month and then quit your job or quit mm-hmm. wherever your oh, main no. income come from. Your job exactly. is an income stream. That's something that I quit and let go way too quickly. Right. Like, and my job was easy. Like I was running a medical device company, but I only really had to work, do two hours of work a day. And then I could have been getting paid to like get certs and to start side hustling. I could have split that what remaining six hours between those two things and gotten paid to do it. Like, y'all, 
health insurance, private health insurance is hella expensive. <laughs> Taxes are hella expensive, right? <laughs> Paying for all your utilities and shit is very expensive, right? Uh, I are- imagine you leaned in like you was about to tell us it's conspiracy or something. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all. Because <laughs> these are things that like four hour work week doesn't talk about, right? They don't, they skip yep. all that shit and how expensive it is to start mm-hmm. on your own and to go out mm-hmm. on your own. So if I were smarter, if I had like access to what I do now, I would have listened and sucked it up, especially if I didn't have kids or anything. My God, I'd be, all I would do is be sleeping and working and stacking. Um, uh-huh. What was I going to say? Damn. Don't be in a rush to, to get rid of your job and cut off a five, six figure income stream, right? Mm-hmm. Instead, figure out how can I automate or delegate in my job and get paid to work less? That's, that's the real finesse. That's what I would figure out because it's totally possible. Or how can I get my job to pay me to skill up and certify and then transition into something else or with another company and get paid more to do less, right? And if that's not the case, then shit. Spend your free time up-leveling your skills to so you can get more income and more freedom and then let your job take care of your base, your expenses, pay for your health insurance and shit. Oh, we got to wrap it up. Bees is yawning. <laughs> and then <laughs> use your extra money to fund your side hustles. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's how I, if I could go back, that's how I would have done it. I would have stayed at my job for probably five more years if looking back. Yeah. And then another thing is too, is just like, you have to look for ways to automate your business or your side hustle. Like, like today you did a live this morning. It's just like some people are doing everything manually. If you're manually sending emails, you're manually trying to reach out to people or everything you're doing is manual, figure out how to automate it. You can automate it with Zapier. You can use ConvertKit. Um, you can use Dubsado, whatever, like just figure out how to automate it to where you don't have to manually do things to make your business run. Cause you want your mm-hmm. business to run without you doing every single part in the business. Like mm-hmm. you shouldn't be the one sending emails and then you don't need a VA to get started with businesses. I see, you know, people talk about VAs all the time, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people are using VAs to do things that they can just automate and not have a VA at all. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That is very true. And people go, well, how do I know it's time to hire? Like if, if what you're doing isn't, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, like every task, you should enjoy it and make money from it directly. Right. So I know that if I tweet a promotional tweet, I will make money. Right. I know that I don't necessarily enjoy writing sales emails, but I know if I write a sales email or even my weekly newsletter, I'll make money checking my inbox, unsubscribing from shit, uploading coaching call recordings. That's all stuff that I can hand off to my VA. And I know as soon as I start paying somebody, I'm creating space to make more money. And I'm also thinking, oh shit, I need to make more money. I need to make sure that the business is covering my employees. So like something turns on where you start to like hustle and turn it up and you you create the money for like the difference you've made by hiring on somebody. So just hire mm-hmm. like five hours a week. Start with that. There's someone out there who would love to just get started for five hours a week and like make a little side change, right? Start handing that shit off. Stop being scary and stop acting like y'all can't make money and hustle for what you want and deserve. Mm-hmm. Right. And then just like those tasks you just said, um, you can't automate that like uploading 
YouTube videos and stuff after you finished it. You can't right. automate that. That's stuff that you delegate. So people mm -hmm. have to be okay with delegation and automation. And you got to be okay with paying somebody else to help your business like grow or to free up your own time. Like I feel like a lot of people, they, they're too selfish when they start. They're like, oh, I don't want to pay anybody else. You know, I just want to keep all the profits. I don't want to pay anybody else. You know, all right, she gets on me all the time for saying I want cheap software. I do, but I don't mind paying for it. <laughs> but I want the cheaper software, but it's just like, you, you have to be okay with giving up some profits to make your life easier. Right. There's no point in getting into this and doing all of this. If it's at a sacrifice to your lifestyle, you know, and your freedom, right? There's no point in quitting 40 hours a week just to come home and work a hundred hours a week and do nothing to free up your time. Right? Like, Sure, there's a lot of commitment when starting your business and it can get crazy, but two, three years in, you should be buying back your time because that's mm -hmm. you never get your time back, right? So, and then especially like when you start having a family, a significant other, kids, like you, like, hell yeah, I'm gonna pay for Zapier and like just upgrade to the, the next portion to keep those zaps going so that I can go hang out with my kid, or yeah, I'm gonna pay for Dubsado and Calendly so that y'all can book pay, get your first steps. And by the time we talk, you're onboarded and set up and we're just talking to like recap and go over what you submitted to me. That buys back like 15 hours like of my time that I can chill with my son or do something for me, right? Well worth it. And I know that a hundred bucks a month for that 15 hours a week of freedom, I can make up that difference easily. That's nothing like shit. <laughs> that's nothing at all. So like, that's how you guys have to think of your expenses is all right. If I'm going to pay a VA $20 an hour, can I make $40 an hour with that free hour? Can I make $30 an hour? Even you're still profitable and you have a whole hour back in your day. Yes. Yeah, yeah, mindset I, shift. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. Especially when you say the, the, the two to three years thing, cause that's a highlight. I want people to understand that it's a journey that you're not going to be hiring a VA on day one. You're going to do, be doing some of this stuff yourself and learning the process and learning the systems and everything because you have to know it before you can automate it. Like if, if you're right. not going to know everything before you automate, but you have to kind of have an understanding of what you're about to be automating. So like you're not going to be hiring a VA and get buying back your time in that first couple of months of you starting that business like Ari said is that two or three years that's when you hit the point of okay this is where I need to be buying back my time this is when I need to be hiring these people and putting in these systems you know by year two this is when you know okay let me go ahead and hire the right people to make sure I'm doing this the right way and you might be able to do it sooner especially if y'all keep your jobs and keep your capital mm -hmm. to fund your business but anything you're doing you should be screen recording yourselves going through it and answering what am I doing why am mm -hmm. I doing it this way? How do you get it done? Screen mm -hmm. record that. The first task you give to your assistant is watch this and in a Google doc, type out the step-by-step -step steps and then go mm -hmm. ahead and put the step-by-steps into Asana and then try the task and then we'll get on a call and I'll review it for you and give you feedback on it, right? So when people say like, oh, I hired an assistant, I don't know what to have them do. You didn't set them up for success. You didn't as a leader, you already failed and fucked up because you didn't, mm -hmm. you didn't create a, a path for your employee who's counting on you or your contractor to set them up for success. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, like, yeah, you don't know what to send them. You're, you're not prepared. <laughs> exactly. 
you got to document what you're doing. Cause think of it. Imagine like you got sick with COVID-19 and you're hospitalized for two weeks. So you're down for two weeks. Would your business survive? You literally can't work. Would your business run? Would you be all right? Would you be able to send at least a loom video or a Google doc and just bring on an assistant or a family member and say, Hey, read this, watch this, share the credentials via LastPass, do what you can. And like, you know, just sit or, you know, hit me up. We'll get on zoom and I can at least talk mm -hmm. you through it. Right. Would you be able to do that? A lot of people would be saying no. Uh, -uh. right. So like your systems, that is like one of the most critical and most important things that y'all can make the time to do and document. That's like, that's, an, that's insurance for your business to make sure you're running the way that you're supposed to be running, no matter what happens to you. And it sucks to do it, but it's so worth it. <laughs> I'm glad you touched on that. Do we have any questions left? Uh, how are y'all feeling? We can do one more. All right. Yeah, Jazz one more question. Said much. Nah, we can do one more. All right, let's see. I'm listening. <laughs> I don't well, know let, since we're on that topic, like, like, it, was, it wasn't really much more that I really feel like I could say. Well, but Jazz, how do you handle like your, your day job and then like you're busy, I know, with like your freelance stuff. So like how do you manage and handle all that? I mean, for me, that was really just learning the hard way of like, time management is important i know are you touched on like having systems and how you you made you know processes that saved you time bought back your time so you could do other things so for me it was like really learning that hard lesson and i feel like for a lot of people that's probably like the point they'll get to before they're like okay let me let me develop a process so like um just going through that and then trying to figure it out like what, what works best for me thankfully ari uh, came into my life <laughs> and I've been able to like use some of the things that she says and like my my daily like systems but as far as like working I have a, a pretty flexible job so my schedule can kind of like adjust accordingly I guess but I always make sure like I have my day structured out or my week structured out uh, no matter what whether it's um, I write down like notes really quick Sunday night and then I'm using that to check things off or I'm actually using like Asana or some sort of like project management tool or even like Google, uh, uh, Google uh, calendar. Like that's really helpful because, you know, it'll pop up on my laptop to let me know when things are coming up. But um, being organized for sure. And it doesn't even have to be like super, super like strict and well laid out, like just jot down really important things that are in your day and then kind of start start that as a habit first and then from there you'll be able to like really break down your day into maybe times or hours or whatever but I think um getting organized was like my biggest my biggest hurdle so now I'd say I'm okay um is getting better <laughs> but it's all a process like T said so but yeah, I would definitely say be organized for sure. If you're if you're if you're gonna do keep your nine to five and then try to start a business because it's not gonna work if you're not. I can tell you that like you're gonna lose out on money, maybe not even make money. Um, so if anything, start using your notes, get a pen or paper, whatever, and really start like jotting down your week or your day or whatever. Um, like do that now. 
because I'm telling you, it's going to get to a point where you're going to wish you, you would have did it sooner rather than later. Oh, yeah, that is a word. <laughs> I know Bees and I have had this conversation about systems and like, damn, I wish I started this sooner. <laughs> yeah, I, I still don't document anything. <gasps> oh, telling on yourself. Bet. I'm going to go tell on myself <laughs> that, uh, yeah, it's been hard, you know, and uh, Karima, Karima be documenting. Okay, but you I'm have sure. someone doing it for you. That's, I rather so, that. Than look, she, she documents the stuff that pertains to her, let's say that. <laughs> on my that sounds end, like Rima. It's a, it's, a, it's a little rough on my end because, I mean, I can't tell her to document, like, stuff I need to give to my CPA. That's stuff, like, on my end. But, you know, so yeah, I am rough. So I'm disappointed to hear this from both of y'all, and I want you to schedule time for an hour once a week to just work on documenting your systems. That's it. That'll get you further than most people because you don't want to be in a situation where you need the shit and things are going crazy, everything's breaking, and then you're like, damn, this sucks. I haven't slept I'm going to schedule my first time with you. Hey, we can hop on on Zoom. We can all just do like. Yes, I'm scared. <laughs> what are you fucking scared of? <laughs> That's the only thing I'm scared of. That. I don't want to do that. <laughs> it's like taxes. It's like, hey, it's time to do your individual taxes and your business taxes. Like, oh, oh hey. I don't think there's anything worse than that besides like a chargeback. <laughs> like. Ugh. But I would say if you're in tech and if you're listening to this, definitely documentation is like gonna be yeah. your your Don't vibe. be like bees and Tara. <laughs> like that's like something you really can't skip. That should be something you should be doing from day one. Just you get like with like tech. Y'all are adults. Like just do it. Stop thinking about it. Stop feeling like doing it. Just put it on your planner in your calendar and do the shit and be a grown up. That's it. It's really that simple. I don't like your tone. <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, ha- I have some things done. I just need to get the rest of it done, you know. Oh, they That's probably the only thing I procrastinate on. Everything else I be, I All be right, on so top of. I want you to pick either or or both. We have, we have how to deal with failure or learning how to turn off hustle mode. How both. to deal with failure. Both of them. Both. Both, both of them? them? Yep. All right. Both of them. Go How first. to deal with failure? I love. I'll it. go first. Uh, really, all I have to say on this is suck it up <laughs> and stop being a little bitch and stop all that whining and crying because everybody has failed before. You you're not the first one. You're not the last one. You're just the one in that second. Because guess what? While you was crying like a little bitch, somebody else failed. I mean, and that's just life. Because you know what? Shit happens. You know, I be feeling like I have no, I'm having a great day. <laughs> I feel like I'm having a great day. And guess what? I trip and fall down the stairs and fall down the stairs. To me, that's a failure. But guess what? Suck it up. You know, shit happens. There's been times where I've had, uh, when I was in uh, back in school, when I was in college at Georgia Southern, where I had to speak in front of a whole class of 200 people. And I've tripped on the way up to the podium. That's a failure to be. <laughs> you got to get over that shit. Or like when you, like, sometimes I stutter. Another failure. Guess what? 
I don't care. You know, like you got to get over that shit. And like, what's that fucking song? Once you keep, you got to get it back up and fall again. You keep trying and fall again. I don't fucking know the name of the song. <laughs> but like, honestly, people who like dwell on failures, I literally, that is a pet peeve. You want to see my right eye twitch? Dwell on a failure to me. Like, complain on a failure. That shit is so kindergarten. Get over that shit. For real. Get over it. You're going to fail. I think there are two failures in life. It's (laughs) one is not trying, and the other is settling for, like, being average or mediocre. Those are really the only two failures. Everything else, like, well, I just haven't figured out how to make that shit work yet, or I don't actually want to do it, which is okay. Lessons learned. But... Those are those are the only two failures. So like not trying, like looking into shit internally or yeah. uh, researching shit indefinitely, and like you didn't even try to get a result. You didn't even experiment. Like you couldn't even put ten dollars towards your ads to see what happened. Mm-hmm. All really? four of us have taken L's before. Like we've all taken L's before. I've taken all plenty of L's. All the time, man. That shit's just like whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you just have to deal with it and keep going forward. So I think that people, I don't know if it's the way that people were raised or if it was how they were in school or what. Everybody gets a trophy shit. Yeah, it's like, right? I don't know, it's participation <laughs> stuff. Like you scared to try something and fail because you're either worried about what other people think or you're just too scared to like just fail. I mean, it's, it's really not that big of a deal. You're going to live a long life hopefully you should statistically you should live a long life so you're gonna have a lot of failures throughout life but it's not the end of the world because you tried something and you failed it's not the end of the world if you try to invest some money and you lose it like that's the part of growing that's the part of learning you're gonna try something and it's not gonna work if everything worked 100 percent of the time everybody would be millionaires or billionaires Mm -hmm. so you just got to get out there and try it like just stop I don't know. Stop being average and stop saying life isn't fair. Like that's some childish stuff. Everybody knows life's not fair. So what you gonna do about it? You gonna cry or you just gonna keep you gonna keep trying? And even like change your mindset too, though. Like how you view failure. Failure shouldn't be something like you fear or something that like you're worried about experiencing. Like a lot of growth comes from failure. You should actually embrace it when it happens. Grow from it. Become become better figure out another way like i think that's the problem like the association with fear uh i mean association with failure with people is like it's always fear and i think that's kind of like where it starts changing your mindset and how you feel about it exactly i mean i've failed definitely like i've worked for like so kind of like in the film industry when you go work for a a new crew you kind of day play with them and like you work they give you work for like one day and that's kind of like a working interview basically and like I've worked for a couple of crews where, like, I asked them, like, you know, why they didn't hire me back? And they were like, we just didn't think you were, you know, the best or, you know, stuff like that. To me, that was like a blow. And I could have easily been like, well, damn, I'm not going to even call around or try to get hired by any other crews or even try to uh, go back and try to get hired on those crews because they do the best shows and they do the biggest movies. You know, that's not my attitude. My attitude is, okay, well, I'm going to keep working and I'm going to get better because, I'm gonna get hired on these crews. I'm gonna be on these movies. You know what I'm saying? Like these movies, they they got these shows. Like same thing with like uh, Stranger Things. Like I've been trying to get on Stranger Things for a long time, and like most of the people on those crews, they've been in the game for like a decade. You know what I'm saying? They got a lot of they got a lot of they got a lot of uh, a lot of uh, of a distance on me 
already. So it's like, I really got to sharpen my skills and I really got to get on it for me to even be considered to work on a show like that. So, you know, it, it's levels to everything and you got to put in the work to get wherever you want to go. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, I can't be like, oh, I failed, you know, oh, I auditioned with them and they didn't really like me. So now I'm just going to go home and cry about it. No, I'm going to go home and, you know, get on, hit the books, you know, study these lights, study what I need to study, get better at using the programs and the systems that that crew uses and get better and get better and get better. And so far in my career, every project I work on is better than the last one. <laughs> you can ask these Ari, they know like every project I've been working on is be like, damn, you working on that? Like, it's crazy. Like I'm in awe every day. So it's like, Failure to me is like, okay, go out there and fail because the more you fail, the more you win. <laughs> that's my analogy. I mean, that's the way I look at it. The more you fail is the more you win. Like the more you go out there and fail, okay, you figure out ways of not to do it. And then eventually you figure out a way to do it. And then you level up. The more I fail, the more money I make. So, hey. I'm there you go. <laughs> just lessons, right. lessons learned. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just, just like Jazz was saying, like you look at, you change your mindset and you look at failures as a lesson. Like what did you learn from that failure? What can you take away from that? Like, I'm sure you learned something, you know, what you're mm -hmm. not going to do again, that's for sure. But you can take out more lessons, lessons and have more understandings of what you should and should not do after that failure. Yep. Definitely something to think about. So I want how people to go out there trying more. <laughs> how do y'all turn off hustle mode? <laughs> I don't. Amen. Next question. <laughs> what is yeah. that? What is non-hustle mode? Wait, so you know me. I be chilling. Like, I work in sprints. So mm -hmm. I'll sit and I'll knock out something in like a condensed amount of time. Mm -hmm. So that's like how I work. So I turn off hustle mode a lot. I mean, I'm always hustling because I'm always making money. But in terms of like me hustling, 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 I might be chilling. I might chill and be like, oh, I don't want to do anything at all this week. Like, but tweet and, you know, bullshit on Twitter, but I'm still making money and I still got my job. But like for me, I turn off hustle mode just by like, I'll just relax. But even then I still... I still try to do something business related, like I, something, even if it's little, like it's like, oh, Ari told me to do something. Let me, let me get that done. Like today <laughs> she did a live. I had no intentions on working on my Calendly or my convert kit today. Mm -hmm. And right after the live, I went and got some stuff done. So, I mean, I don't know if that's a contradiction or what, but I mean, <laughs> I'll be chilling, but I get work done. So Look. you just got to get in a mode of where you always going to work that whole kicking your feet up and chilling mm -hmm. all the time you don't get to that level until mm -hmm. you have people underneath you you got teams underneath you and you making hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars a year so if you're nowhere near that you shouldn't even be asking how you turn off hustle mm -hmm. mode and even then people that's making that kind of money like one of my like my mentor that owns the mobile home park that i talked about on the millionaire mindset episode like he be chilling, but like he be at the house thinking about, you know, what kind of movies he can make. He'll call me like, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to, you know, purchase this or do this. And he just, he laying by the pool. He chilling, but his thoughts are, you know, 
after this vacation, what investments can I make? He was like, you know, on the way up here, I saw some rental cabins. I think I want to invest in some rental cabins. I think, you know, that, that I don't think hustle mode is ever turned off. Cause like what B just said, she's like, you know, I'm chilling, but I'm always making money. So if you're always making money to me, hustle mode is always on because at the end of the day, you can flip the switch real quick from chilling, playing Call of Duty, watching Netflix, hanging out with your family to seeing a, a business opportunity. Because I'll be just, you know, with my sisters and we'll be talking about something and they'll mention something. And I'll be like, wait, what? That's not like a money move, you know? <laughs> and I wasn't even thinking about hustling, but my mind automatically, you know, hears, wait, that's that's something that can be done about that. You know, you can make money on that. And then hustle mode is right there. So hustle mode to me never goes away. It just goes, it takes a step back while, you know, you enjoy your time. But as soon as you need it, boom, it's right there. Yeah, I don't know how to turn that shit off. <laughs> yeah, it, never, it never goes away for me, ever. Yeah, I think that's just being like, entrepreneurial minded like when I I do have to make sure that like I schedule time to like take breaks or like Mm -hmm. go on trips when possible or like you know I try not to work on Sundays and stuff but you know which like this this is important to me I care about this so yeah I'm gonna break my no calls of any type on Sunday rule and get this done because it matters to me right so um but like, I don't want to turn off hustle mode. Do I want to burn out? And like, I have problems with like my thyroid and adrenal glands and stuff. So like, uh, my, I know like I need to like chill and kind of rain or reel it back a little bit. Like when my throat starts to like swell, right. Or like I have like mm-hmm. other symptoms that start to manifest and I'm going too hard. So, mm-hmm. but like that also happens because like, right. I'm probably not taking my sleep serious. I'm my, uh, my eating isn't going well or like I'm not juicing. Like there's other things mm-hmm. that I could be doing where I can maintain hustle mode and I don't need to turn it off. Right. But mm-hmm. you know, like me staying on top of my, my stuff will affect that, you know, as well. So I know like if I'm going, if I'm going hard, like I have like the last two weeks with content, I need to be able mm-hmm. to supplement that and make sure like I'm resting and I'm going to bed on time and I'm eating super clean and more mm-hmm. plant-based and juicing more and like taking my supplements and shit like that. Right. So, mm-hmm. but like, it's nothing that like I'm ever going to turn off. Like any conversation, any and every conversation I have, I see as like a business opportunity or a way to solve a problem or how to help somebody. And that's just who I am. I don't want to turn that off. I don't want to ever turn off my ability to see opportunities, solutions and making money. Um, I think that's just a hustle mindset. Like it's not you. Once you have a yeah. mindset, you can't really turn anything on or off. That's just your mindset. You yeah. know, you can always go be with family. You can be with friends, loved ones. You can have fun. You can chill. You can relax. You can be a couch potato. Like I've definitely taken one or two couch potato days since I've been off work. Like the second week of March. You know what I'm saying? We're almost in May. It's almost May. I've definitely laid on the couch and just watched Netflix all day. You know, burn through Ozark. You know, but. <laughs> Even though I'm sitting there watching Ozark, my mind is still clicking like, ooh, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. So tomorrow on my agenda, I'm going to put this on there so I can, you know, knock this out. And it's like that mindset. Once you have that mindset, there is no turning it off. You either have the mindset or you don't. You know what I'm saying? You either want something in life or you're content with what you have. I think that's why I can't turn it off because I've decided what I ultimately Mm -hmm. want for like family, which is generational wealth and legacy, right? So... I don't have those things right now. So like turning off hustle mode doesn't make sense to me at all. Or when someone's like, oh, you should really like 
stop and take a break and smell the roses. I'm like, for what? That doesn't take me where I want to be. And so I've said this a few times, like I'm happy to be the one to sacrifice everything, my health even to get my family where I want them to be, where I know it'll benefit them. So if I'm the one that has to have health problems or whatever it may be, I'm cool with that. I'm fine. Like I'm okay. Wait. Cause I know Silas, he'll be, he'll be all right. <laughs> Wait, but yeah, health, health is yeah. Health is wealth. Health is wealth. I agree with these, um, but like, I'm happy being the workaholic in the family. I love working. Exactly. I love being productive and always doing shit. People are like, well, that's not healthy. I'm like, you don't understand. This is what I like doing. But if you want something for your family, you better like getting some money. That's yeah. just, honestly, yeah. that's just like the bottom line. Yep. You better you like getting like to get a bag. bag. <laughs> because yeah. if you're not, if you're not willing to get out here and take that and shoulder the burden, then, you know, I mean, not, it's not going to be everybody. Everybody's not going to be the person that's going to be out there and doing right. this and showing their that. cousins. Like, yeah. Yeah. Not everybody's going to be that, like, person that's going to show their cousins, like, hey, you could do this, this, and this when you at Thanksgiving. Like, this is what I've been on. You should do this. Not everybody's going to be that person. But if you are that person, understand that you're going to be the one that's working. You're going to be the one that's called the workaholic. You're going to be the one that's um, mm-hmm. that's always on, going to have that mindset, like, oh, I could be doing this. I could be doing this. And th- that's okay. You know, eventually, like the four of us and other people that we know in our circle, you're going to find other people like you that work just like you. And like, hey, you want to have co-work sessions? You want to do this? You want to do that? So eventually, you're going to fall into a lifestyle where it's not, oh, it's a hustler's mindset or, oh, it's a, a habit. Like, this is my life. Like, I love working. I love doing this. I love having multiple income streams. And I love being able to put my family on to new things, to put my friends on to new things. That's just going to be who you are. because this is what you want to do in life. Like I told you, I have a goal. I want to own an NBA team. I will take a soccer team as a substitute, but I want to own an NBA team. <laughs> so you know, that's my mindset. Like health is wealth, but I have my child also. And so like, until he's completely straight again, I'm willing to do whatever I need to do. Sacrifice what I got to sacrifice. So that exactly. Uh, no, yeah, has- I, I feel that. He has you have to do that, right? Because he, he on top to of that, too, here. it's you and Silas, so you yep. have to do what you have to do, so y'all are straight. Yep, exactly. So stop, stop giving me like unsolicited, not y'all, like just in general. People love to tell I'm me. Say, well, I never tell you to stop working. <laughs> right? no. yeah. Not y'all, not y'all. People no, give me people like have, average, yeah. mediocre advice, and I'm like, we don't have the same goals. We're not on the same type of shit. Mm-hmm. So are you talking to me about like no i'm not yeah. like don't tell no no you what do you that. want for silas <laughs> is not what they want for their kids you got they like people don't understand that we're thinking on a different level and see hold like room. i take yeah, another topic hold hold <laughs> every level like day. people gotta <laughs> work about themselves first yeah right like i, I, I hope take care of my little sister ahead. 300 years ahead is where I'm thinking where I'm at. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, like y'all, like that's not applicable to anything I'm trying to do or even consider. Mm-hmm. So thank you, but no, thank you. You know? Yep, exactly. Somebody asked me that the other day. They were like, well, you, if you think your sister's going to get a scholarship, and I'm like, I know my sister's going to see the scholarship. She's, <laughs> she's basically, she's going to graduate basically at what, almost 17, 16 years old. She's going to get some scholarships, but I right. still want to put money aside for her. So she's not that broke college student that just has scholarships and, you know, a little refund check, you know what I'm saying? And they were like, well, I was like, you got, I just, I can't talk to you. We think on a different level. 
You know right. what I'm saying? My sisters are not going to be struggling through college. They're going to have a, a, a nice little bank account that they can rely on to buy whatever they need, books, go out and have a good social life and have a good balanced right. college student Get grades life. and go network. Yeah. And go That's do whatever you, you need to about. do. And have fun in the summer. Do some internships right. because I didn't have that opportunity. So I'm going to work my ass off to make sure they have that opportunity. And that's the decision that I made. And I'm happy with that decision. So people, like, they're not going to understand. Like B said, topic for another day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Jazz, she was about to say something. Yeah, go ahead, Jazz. No, I was just saying, like, people, they, they need to worry, worry about yourself first. Before you get on Twitter <laughs> to tell people what they should or shouldn't be doing, focus on you. Like, have you reached any of your goals today, let alone, you know, the month or the year? Like, focus on yourself and, and things like that wouldn't even bother you or wouldn't even be none of your concern. But, like, I know the original question was the hustle culture. I'm kind of like these where I work in sprints. Um, but, like, if I'm not... I, I, like, I don't think I ever turn it off either, but like I'm always doing something that probably benefits me in the long run. And like, if I'm not like necessarily working, maybe like I'm reading something that interests me or like something new or learning like just something completely new. So like I'm constantly always like, I think trying to like better myself or find other interests that I have in that regard. Like I'm never just sitting at home like twiddling my thumbs. I think that's I think that's bad I think that's where people go wrong for sure but um I wouldn't say like I'm a workaholic necessarily nah I do have like some sort of balance between that but I wouldn't say I wouldn't change it like if, if it came town down to like change it but I have a child or I gotta you know add some more responsibilities to my plate I'm gonna definitely turn up but um I work in sprints too for sure that's because it's in you the hustler is in you right right <laughs> I, I, I know for a fact that like i'm never gonna be broke or never not know how to get money that's a fact yeah I, I have one question so i feel like maybe this should be the last one so what if everybody just kind of like told the audience like maybe a sacrifice that you made that your family didn't have to agree with because i see that all the time people are like how do you deal with making a sacrifice to do like in my case going overseas at the age of 24 or, you know how did you how did you deal with that what did your family say so I guess if everybody could just talk about like one sacrifice they made that they had like no support or even something they got going on right now that they really don't have much family support and how people deal with it hmm. I can go first uh back in the day before I was working in the film industry and before I you know had everything I had going on right now I was working in the service industry and I, sometimes I would have like two serving jobs and like my sisters would be like, you know, you miss Sunday dinner or things like that. And like, you know, my sisters are always supportive of me like hustling because they know I had a different agenda and they always understood that I had a different agenda. So it wasn't necessarily like my family disagreed with it, but it was just like, you know, something like always a topic, like I would, you know, certain holidays I had to work because, you know, we work in the restaurant industry, Christmas and Thanksgiving, sometimes it's still booming. And that's the money days. And I'm like, look, I can't take off. That's my money days. And I've missed um, birthdays. I've missed certain things. And that money actually got me through film school and got me working the job that I have now. And that money was also, even though I was working when they, you know, they didn't like that I was working so much, that money was there when they needed me to help them. 
You know what I'm saying? So it's it's a sucky situation, but like you got to make those sacrifices to get where you want. And now like I'm able to do the things that I can with my family, but not really because COVID, but you know, <laughs> we can go out and enjoy nice meals. And, you know, if we wanted to, we can go on a family vacation together or like, you know, one of my favorite recent memories is on Thanksgiving, we went to the Falcons game on Thanksgiving day, me, my sister, my cousins, and we all had a blast. And like, I love being able to do that now that I'm in position to do that, you know, go to Thanksgiving day games and stuff like that. So it's like, you got to make that sacrifice if you want to get certain places. You want to see your family, you want to be able to take your family on vacation, you want to be able to, you know, do nice things with your family and spend that time with them, you know, you got to make that sacrifice. I look at it like, you know, I could spend time with my family and we could be homeless or I could spend time with my family and, you know, I have worked for something. So that's just my take on it. And a lot of people aren't going to agree with me because they're like, oh, money hungry or whatever. But it's like, I want to be able to provide the things for them that I didn't have growing up. So sacrifice that I'm willing to make I think like jazz uh, sacrifice is more so like time spent um Mm -hmm. always been uh like uh B said I've always been the kid that just kind of like would go anywhere for an opportunity so like I lived overseas um for most of I would say like after high school, for most of that time, I've always been away from home. Like I went to school out of state and then from there, I never really went back home. So like, I think that's, that's sort of like what I've sacrificed for, for years. Um, but I think at this point, my family just understands, like they understand who I am, what I'm trying to do. So they're, they're very supportive. Like fortunately I've had, um, I've, my parents have been very supportive and almost everything I've done. So um, it's, it's been able to work out, but I think my sacrifice for me is more so just time spent. I agree, mine is time spent as well. But now um, you can make it up. <laughs> my parents, we grew up, like my parents were both working, you know, jobs. My grandmother watched us a lot, like after school and picked us up from after school and like raised us after school. So like I come from a family where like we all work our ass off all the time. So I never had like no support there. But I think something that I sacrificed is like my relationship with uh, Silas's dad. Cause I just, I, I blew past him as far as like when my business stuff took off and like, I never even intended to start a business, right? Like my first goal was to make an extra $200 a month. So we could go out to eat and go to the movies, right? And then it just took off. And, like, I surpassed him quickly. And, like, my hustle was just different, my mentality, my mindset. And, like, I think, you know, he did his best to, like, keep up and adapt with me. But, like, ultimately, like, it wasn't a match. And it just got to a point where, you know, it was, like, I'm going to not dim my light. He never asked me of that. But I just kind of felt like I got to, like, I have to stop what I'm doing and stop making the money that I'm making and, like, doing this business thing or keep like the family unit together even though I was so unhappy in like that family unit that we had and there's other things and other factors that like take place into that but um I think you know ultimately it kind of like always bothered him that I was so business-minded and business-focused but I also felt like I had to be like shit we can't cut it with just you know with just you so like I felt like I had to work like I had to contribute like we have a whole kid that 
not only needs things, but is going to want things. Right. Um, and so, you know, I do feel like I chose business and being in charge of my own financial security over making things work almost in that relationship. Right. And again, there's other variables and other factors that go into that, but I do remember, you know, him and I having a conversation, like you want me to be involved and we got to stay together. If we're not going to stay together, I'm not going to be involved. And I said, well, you're not going to be involved, you know? (laughs) And that was that. And that's what it is, you know? And thank God, like, I can, I can swing it. I can do it on my own. It sucks a lot of the time. It's hard as shit, but like no one's ever going to hold anything over my head like that. Cause I know like I have the skills and I've been through enough where like, I, like I, I'm good. I'm good. So you're going to be here because you want to be, not because you're holding something, you're holding family over my head. You know, that was a tough ass decision to make. (laughs) Cause I'm so family oriented and I like, I want that ultimately, but not under those conditions right not that wasn't supportive to me do you think like you made at at the end of the day you made a better decision for silas oh yeah 100 percent. like he his dad and i were just so unhappy just like being together before silas was even born and like silas was like he was oopsies (laughs) you know got two turn on valentine's day weekend read my uh, ovulation app wrong (laughs) and got pregnant Wait, is, you know, say, is he a Scorpio? He was almost a Scorpio, but he's a real one and held out for his mom and, you know, uh, he a Sagittarius. <laughs> oh, he's like my big sister. So I can still, I can still, I can still rock with yeah. him. You know, but, um, <sighs> what'd, you, what'd you ask me? I forgot. No, I was saying like, do you think you made a, a good decision? Like in the end for oh. Silas overall? Yeah. Cause I never, I never like get interfere with his dad being able to have a relationship with him to be able to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Him taking the initiative to do that and even help, mm-hmm. that's on him, right? But I've never mm-hmm. made it hard or h- impossible for him to do that. Like, for a long time, I was trying to, like, encourage him to do it. And then at some point, I was like, you know what? You're grown. I'm doing more than enough already being a single mom and, like, doing this full time and, like, not getting any type of financial help or, like, even time help. Like, shit, come take him for a day, right? Like, let mm-hmm. me get a break. So I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to do all this and then like try to push you to be who the type of dad I think you should be. Right. Mm-hmm. At some point you and Silas are going to have that conversation between the two of you. And like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't bad mouth him in front of Silas. If Silas wants to call him, like I try to get a hold of him, stuff like that. You know, Silas is not going to know the difference as far as like how I feel about his dad and mm-hmm. like the issues between he and I, but like, also like, it's not my job to encourage you to have whatever type of relationship I personally feel like you should have with your kid right like that's Mm -hmm. that's on you and that's going to be for you to deal with at some point and you know it's going to happen so hey you know I'm not going to say anything I'm just going to tell Silas you need to have a conversation with your dad and y'all you know discuss it between one another like men because I don't know what else to do I don't know what else to do you know, my mom was that way with me and like my biological dad, who's not really involved with me. Right. And it's just like, she never badmouthed him, anything like that. She pushed me even to this day. She's like, you should call your dad. I'm like, woman, I'm 31. Like, <laughs> leave it alone. Right. Mm-hmm. But you know, she was like, you know, she never like said anything disrespectful, did anything disrespectful in front of me. So I feel like at minimum, I can provide that for him and make it easy when he requests. And like every now and then I'll ask him like, you want to call your dad? You want to talk to your dad? 
and like, but he says no now because he's not used to it. So it's like, what do I do? What do I do? I'm not going to force him. Like he, his dad didn't establish that relationship after we broke up. So like, you know, I'm not going to force him, you know, I get it. (laughs) I get it. I'm not going to force him to do it. I mean, I think he's just going to grow up and see everything that you did and just appreciate, you know, that. So you did your part. (laughs) Shit, I hope. (laughs) We'll see what happens. I'm scared for the teenage years. You know, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to wish that upon myself because I have a dope kid who's like sweet. You got a Mercedes kid. Come on. Emotionally intelligent. (laughs) Like he's a sweet, good kid. So, you know, I feel like, and we have honest conversations even with how young, like I asked him like, how can I be a better mommy to you? He goes, well, uh-huh. you could, you could not yell so much. <laughs> All right. I hear you. I'll work on that. <laughs> okay. That's cute. So yeah, I don't know. But you know, that, I see that was like the biggest thing I probably sacrificed. Um, so on bees now, I don't think you answered your own question. Right. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess the biggest sacrifice I made was when I went overseas. Like, my entire family didn't want me to go. I was in a almost five-year relationship at the time. And I knew, like, going overseas, it was going to be over. So, but I knew, like, you know, if she wasn't going to support me, I was going to have to go. Because clearly, you know, we weren't going to last long term. And she wasn't going to be the one I was going to be with. So, it was just like, you know, I went knowing that it was basically I'm going to be starting a whole new life. So, like... It depends on how long people been following me on Twitter, but like it was rough when I first got to Japan because it was a whole brand new type of transition. So I basically like sacrificed like all my comfort and everything that I knew and like, you know, the support from my family to go overseas and have a better life for my future family. So, you know, I basically I knew that I was going to make so much money overseas that I was going to be able to turn everything around financially. Like I had dug myself into a hole financially just because of all types of like things that happen in life just things just popped up like bought a new construction townhouse and then like I would say not even two months after getting the townhouse my Altima broke down that's why I don't I don't mess with the Nissans my Altima broke down and it was paid off already and then instead of me like dropping the money to get a new transmission I was like you know at the time I was making a lot of money out of college I was like like, I'm just get a new car. Everybody's like, oh, it's time for you to get a new car. So I got the car. And then from there, like, you know, just debt started piling on. So I was like, I, I have no choice. Like, if I want to be wealthy, I want to be able to, you know, start getting assets, pay down this debt, start stacking up money. I got to go overseas. I got to do it now. So that's what I did. Like, I sacrificed, like, basically my family structure and, like, every all the support that I had to go overseas. And, I mean, it, it paid off. So even now, I'm about to go overseas again. Like, you know, my family, they don't want me to go, but I know that it's going to be fine. So, you know, I got the right people by my side and um, I know it's going to be all right after I get back. So, but it's it's still a sacrifice. Like it's hard having somebody be gone for nine to 12 months out of the year and you can't see them, but you know, you got to know that it's all for the greater good of us and the family. So, I mean, I think overseas stuff, overseas contracting, that's my biggest sacrifice for sure. I think that's it. Well, thank you everyone for listening. This was a long one, <laughs> but I think there's some good a stuff good in one. there. It's yeah, it's a there. good one. Uh, so I don't, I forgot how we ended this last time, but I guess you can follow all of us on Twitter. Uh, this account at 
the number four, goats, the number one, and then Mike. Uh, B's is capital underscore SB. Tara's going to have to say hers because I never know how to spell that. And Jasmine mine is, is... Mine is Phoenix Terranova. It's F-I-E-N-I-X Terranova. You can just find me at the Four Goats. Go to Four Goats. Yeah, look at the pinned tweets on the Four Goats page. And you'll find all of us on there. Also, you'll find it in the description on the podcast page. So, Yeah, yeah. Jazz is uh, Jasmine E-T-H? X. E-T-H. X. What? (laughs) Got you. And the Minds Nerd Nomad Mom. And these should release every Monday. Make sure you join our email list at fourgoatsandamike.com. It's all written out, all spelled out. But again, check us out on Twitter. You can find everything you need to find there. And yeah, let us know how you guys like this episode. And we need more like questions and things to talk about. So tweet us topics so that, you know, we can have a little conversation and then, oh, I didn't talk to y'all about this, but at some point, um, depending on what you guys think, we can do a group vote. Uh, we de- I definitely want to have uh, Deanna and Xavier on and then uh, the unconventionalist guys, like those four <laughs> with us four. <laughs> yeah, that would so be a fun time. Really. That would definitely be dope. Right, also, one go. more thing. You said this is dropping off tomorrow? Ski yeah. Mask will drop this weekend. So if you listen to this whole episode, you'll know that Ski Mask will be dropping this week, and you'll know to check your email. And I'm only going to drop it through the email, so may the odds be with you. Well, <laughs> I need you to reserve two, one for me, one for I mean, I already got the ones for y'all set aside, but... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't play with my heart. <laughs> So if you listen to the whole two and a half hours or two <laughs> hours and 20 minutes, check your email this week because ski masks are dropping. All right, y'all. We will see you next week. I think. Yeah. Record again next week. Yeah. 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 Um, Same time. Maybe. Yeah. Same place. All right. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Bye y'all. Give me you later.